0: What are vital conversations?
1: Vital Definition 1
0: Of the utmost importance.
1: Contemporary, meaningful, valuable. Concerned with or necessary to the maintenance of life. Health, resiliency, wholeness, life. What are vital conversations? Important talks between two or more people about contemporary issues that lead to or are a challenge to the health, the vitality, life of our churches, our communities, our people, our world. Welcome to Vital Conversations.
0: Hello and welcome. I am Janet Mulroy the mission engagement and resource strategist for the Mountain Sky Conference and your host uh, today for Vital Conversations. We are so fortunate to have Stephen Tucker with us today. Stephen has years of experience and skills um, as a multifaceted video producer and for the past 10 years. Uh, He has developed the skills and ability to discover message behind the product, message behind communities and those who are um, building that message. Today, he is going to share with us uh, the ins and outs of live streaming. And we're going to start out with um, introduce, introduction for him. But uh, then he's going to take us on a deep dive into Zoom. And I know you're looking forward to that. Uh, and then we'll go to live streaming. We are going to have uh, plenty of time for questions and answers. And so if you think of something along the way, please just leave it in the chat box at the side of your screen. And we will get to that. Also, just remember if Stephen or someone else uh, provides some kind of resource that you're interested in during the meeting, uh, Dawn Lemons will be doing a follow up um, uh, email and provide all of that for you. So uh, we're so glad that you're here. I know there'll be more people coming online as we go along. But I want to make good use of our time and let Stephen take it from here. Welcome, Stephen.
2: Awesome. Thank you, Janet. Um, it's great to be with you all today. Um, just to kind of go over a little bit of my background. Um, and I have to say that video that you put together, I don't know if that was you, Jeff, but that. That is really at the core of what I have been doing for the last 20 years, is really figuring out how to have solid, high-level production, which helps really inform people's messaging. And I've been really passionate about that for many years. I worked for the New York Times. I did many documentaries. I also spent a long time in the live events arena over the last 20 years, theaters as well as churches and stuff like that and for me live streaming was the perfect blend of that model where you can take the higher quality that you get out of video production and match that with a live experience that you usually don't get that much time to really um really hone in on some of that those messagings or or incorporate tools to make that messaging more powerful and stronger and i think live stream really is a great blending of both of those things um i think the the big challenge that everybody has right now is with technology advancing and with social media, we're kind of taught that live streaming is just click one button and bam everything's perfect, and it is way more complicated than that, as I'm sure you know. How many people here have done some live streaming? How much experience do we have? Ken Eric Raymond. Okay, and overall keep your hand up if it was a pretty easy experience and good. Okay. Okay. Um, that, that sounds about fair. Um, and have you been doing this prior to the pandemic or after? Okay, great. A little bit of mix. Okay. So, um, The first thing I'd like to do is kind of teach you guys all a bit about Zoom. Um, So inside your Zoom window, I'm sure everybody has been living on Zoom for the last six months, am I right? All right, so a couple things. First and foremost, how many of you are connected to a hard line and not on your Wi-Fi? Okay. Three of you win an award. So number one streaming rule. Hardline, 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 hardline. Um, that you will never have success on a Wi-Fi. I have massively powerful Wi-Fi routers, and um, it's just too unstable to have a solid connection when you're doing a stream. That's very important. So, hardlining is number one. Um, what that does is that that makes the connection between you and where you're going uh, as stable as possible. Now, when we're all in this Zoom meeting right now, there's two things happening on each of your computers. There's upload and then there's download, right? So the upload is the quality of your video to everybody else. So it's, if you have a low quality upload speed, um, we're not gonna get a great image of you. Now, if you have a high quality download, you might have a high down and a very low up and we look fantastic and you would be coming in pixelated. Now, when you're streaming, your upload is the most important thing. You really don't care about download as much um, unless you'll get into some kind of features of streaming we'll talk about later. But does that kind of make sense first and foremost? So I really want you to think about this up and down that you're pushing and pulling on your network because Um, that involves the type of computer you have, how fast it is. The more you stress out that computer or that one upstream or downstream, uh, the more issues you will have. You will have frame dropping, you'll have audio glitching, stuff like that. Um, So first and foremost, um, the first thing that I I do whenever I'm going to stream at any location is I walk in, I get connected to the network, and I want you all to do this now. I want you to open up a web browser, could be whatever web browser you're using, and go to speedtest.net and type that URL in directly. Don't do it as a Google search because it's going to spin you off to all these other ads and and fake ones. And uh, the reason why we do this is a lot of the speed tests that are out there when you Google them will be based on whatever internet service provider you have. And to be honest with you, they'll kind of tweak their numbers to make them look better. Speedtest.net will give you a very good reality of what your internet speed is. So when you go to that website, you're going to see a big go button. I want you to click on it. And this is where we get into a little bit of the nitty gritty of streaming. So you're going to get three numbers out of this. You're going to get ping, download, and upload. Download and upload are basically the amount of data you can get up and down per second. The ping is very important. The ping is basically, it's saying how, it's basically like a sonar. It's going like beep, and it shoots out of your computer, out of your network, through your router in your house, and it hits the closest server. It could be Google. It could be your local newspaper station. It could be whatever the closest server outside of your network is it hits it and comes back and it tells you how long that has taken. The minimums, and I can provide this stuff later for you too, but the minimums that you want is you want underneath a 12 second ping. Once you start going past a 12 second ping, the, it takes so long for it to go that sometimes your streaming connections will drop because it's, it's waiting for it to come back. And if it's not coming back fast enough, you'll lose connection. So you want to have a ping under 12. If you have a ping on 15, 16, for guests, you can kind of deal with that. But if that is your main streaming location, you really want to keep that ping below 12. Um, The next will be your download speed. Um, How many people have a download speed below 20? Okay. Um, And are you in the locations you would be streaming from or are you all at your houses? I know you can't talk if you wanna say something in the chat. I'm on my hotspot, not gonna work for me, okay. Okay, so hardlining, sorry, I missed that question. Hardlining is taking an ethernet cord, it's the fat looking telephone, um, and going from your router directly into your computer. Now, depending on what computer you have, uh, your computer might not have an Ethernet, so you're gonna need to get a dongle. Um, A dongle are those little, like these guys, these little dongles. And depending on what computer you have, if you have a PC, you can use a USB dongle. Use your cell phone data to stream because we don't have reliable internet at the church. Um, let's circle back to that because, um, how much luck have you had on that, Daniel? With the cell phone. So that could be good. Are you getting, are you taking in any audio from your, your sound system into your cell phone or are you just using the microphone on there?
1: Just using the microphone right now. Um, one of my churches that does
2: have better Wi-Fi we're going to start live streaming using some other format, but Well, right remember, we don't want Wi-Fi. Plan. Wi-Fi is a no-no. Yeah. We want a hard line, yeah. right? Um, when we can. If you are using pads as your system, you can get, so the word is dongle. It's actually kind of, it's, it's the term that we use. They, they use them, they say adapter, they use many different things there's many different dongles that we use. This one specifically is an HDMI to Thunderbolt. This is not the ethernet one you would use, but I we call dongles anything that is adapting one thing into another. So- I'm not
0: understanding your accent. Can you spell that?
2: Dongle, D-O-N-G-L-E, or adapter. And depending on what computer you have, um, you would use different dongles so if you're using a mac you would want to be using thunderbolt 2.0 or thunderbolt 3.0 if you're using a pac you could also use one of those or usb um, the macs don't accept usb thunderbolt and they have a tricky driver so so don't do it that way um, so going back to To the stability and all the stuff we were talking about so you have your did everybody accomplish this speed test so you want to have a ping under 12. now the reason the megabytes this gets into a little bit i don't want to get too heavy into this stuff with you but your quality has to do with what we call compression right and what that means is when you shoot a hd file an hd file uncompressed is running at about 12 megabits per second on the low end, so that's 1080 HD 30 frames a second straight out is taking about 10 to 15 uh, megabytes to get up or putting that file storage somewhere. That is a lot, you know, I imagine a lot of you don't have 15 meg up. How many of you do in your locations right now? Okay, cool. Um, Okay, so a a rule of thumb. Now, I don't believe you guys really, we don't really need to be hitting 1080p um, that level. The things to keep in mind, you want a minimum of right around 10 megabits, 21.6, great. That is very good news. That means that you could push 4K video if you want. So a a range for yourselves is four megabytes up till about eight eight megabytes is 720. eight megabytes to about 14 megabytes is 1080 so that is your first stream up so you hit the stream button it's going up based on your speed test there if you're getting 12 megs up your stream should be able to get 12 megs of video up Um, and that goes on to the first server now this is where we're going to get a little bit more um, intense into what happens when you actually stream when you actually stream you send that that file up now you want to get that file as high as possible because if your bandwidth is lower that just means you're going to compress the video more and it's going to be a lower resolution lower frame rates and it's not going to be the higher quality so making sure that you're getting 10 to 15 megabytes up is kind of paramount for that first stream so You hit the go button on whatever you're streaming on, Facebook or whatever. It sends that, ideally, the highest compression you can get, 15 megs, to that server. Once it hits that server and everybody else starts watching it, something really interesting happens. That server takes that one file and duplicates it four times. And it compresses it. So whatever your highest is, so if we're starting at 15 megs, That server duplicates it, and it creates a 10 meg, a 5 meg, and then a 2 meg file. So this is going down in quality. But it makes those four files, and it then sends those four files to servers all over the United States so that when each of us goes and clicks the button on our phone, depending on the bandwidth on our phone, it's going to point us to the low-quality to high-quality file, automatically by knowing what our bandwidth is so this all of this stuff happens within milliseconds um, like that now you do have delay because you can you can make it faster most streams you're looking at about 20 second delay um, you can use different streaming tools to make that delay less but that delay is really to be able to create all of those encodes pass them all around the country in a way that people can get onto that stream in a stable way so far does that make sense did i lose anybody so so far with kind of i'm I'm trying to not get too nitty-gritty but it's hard for me not to does anybody have any questions okay so um that's kind of first, the first side you need to figure out is the data. Um, Again, you want to have under 12 uh, milliseconds ping. You want about 20 milliseconds or megabits uh, down and about 10 to 20 up if you can. That is solidifying your stream. Now this is, normally, I really don't care about download because if I'm streaming, I'm only sending up. So if I'm in a location and I'm streaming up, I really don't care what my download is. However, in these worship scenarios, and in a lot of the streams I'm doing now, um, to hardline to your router, um, what you need to do is you need to figure out what, uh, you need to get an ethernet cable that's long enough to go directly to your router. Your router will have, it looks like a fat telephone line, And you're gonna plug it into there and then run that to your computer and then like i said earlier if you need a dongle you would get a dongle janet if not you can run it directly so um uh where was I? i lost my train of thought a little bit um the upload oh the down so for worship what i have been doing recently inside a live stream since we're all disconnected is figuring out a way to not just worry about getting up but by getting the people who are watching at home back into our experience. So what we have been doing is we run, we will live stream, but then sometimes we'll live stream inside of a zoom, or we will have a zoom room where people can have that zoom room happening and then watch the live stream. And then what we do on a separate computer inside of the space, we will take in that zoom meeting and send it down to some of the monitors on stage, you know, some of, some of your worship centers are gonna have screens for lyrics and stuff like that, being able to incorporate that. Or a lot of times what I would do is just add another screen that the preacher can see. Um, And we have done a lot of really cool stuff where we actually are able to talk to those people at home through that two-way connection. In order to do that, you do care about your download. It's not a normal streaming situation where I'm only worried about my upload at that point. But frankly, that is kind of the most exciting space inside of streaming Um, because it, especially in days like we're in right now where where many of us can't be there, um, it it brings that component and we really use this virtual environment to bring our community together again. Um, To get the download and upload acceptable ranges. Yes, and I am gonna just write it up in here as well um so that's kind of the, the the first round. Now I'm gonna, let me get my screen shared here. So I'm gonna kinda, I'm gonna show you this presentation and I'll cover some of the live stream challenges. Um, as I'm in this, I'm not gonna be able to see your window. So uh, feel free to reach out and ask me any specific questions I'm gonna cover some of the live stream challenges that I imagine you guys have had, so. um, So have you all tried to live stream and then ended up having to cancel the live stream that you were doing? How many times does that happen to people? A lot. How often would you say? Like what percentage? can put it in the chat. Um, And when you live stream, a lot of people um, are just going to one single platform, whether it's YouTube or Facebook. It is very easy to go to multiple, and I suggest that for many reasons. Sometimes you have audience members who don't like Facebook, and they don't they don't want to, they don't have a Facebook account. Or, um, same with YouTube. Um, I find interactivity, text interactions are great on the social media platforms, but for some of that more deeper interaction, platforms like Zoom are much better to use. A lot of our streams, we're using Zoom in the back end, as well as streaming that kind of one way out so that people have kind of two opportunities to be able to see it. All of that, I know it probably sounds stressful to you, but it's actually as simple. Once you get the basics down, you have your solid internet connection, we'll go through some of the equipment that you can use. It's not too hard to then add to it. And I found that adding to it by having multiple platforms, the other thing is all of these platforms have issues. I have seen Facebook servers go down. I've seen YouTube servers go down. So one advantage of being many places is that if there should be some kind of technical issue outside of your control you have other places you can direct people to Um, a lot of people cannot uh, record and archive their streams um, or service interruptions now the big service interruptions ideally you get to fix by running on a hard line however i run we launched our company May 1st, we have done 125 streams. In the, I pay for two separate internet service lines in my studio. I've had it go down for about 20% of my streams. Now, I can click over to my other ISP, but a lot of people don't have that ability. So um, I forget who mentioned that they were using a cell phone. Having that cell phone kind of as a backup When your stream does go down, and first of all, getting your internet set up with your internet service provider inside of your location and getting those minimums that we need up. A lot of times, it's not too much more money. A lot of times, you'll be getting, you'll be paying for about five megs up, and depending on who you're with, for another $10, you can get up to 10. Um, It's not too crazy when you talk to your people, uh, to your internet service providers. But again, I am a backup king. As many backups as I can have for any of these streams, that's the only way I've really been able to get to make things completely solid because frankly, this tech is is still pretty emergent and um, there was a lot of stress put on our networks when COVID happened. So for instance, my um, node, which is like the main hub that I get my internet from on my business line, was so maxed out because everybody was working from home and the city of golden i live in golden um didn't grant them a permit for two weeks so i had very unstable internet to get that fixed, but i had a backup i have another isp here or i can run to a cell phone uh, data bridge to keep myself going i i cannot stress enough to basically build as many backups into your system as possible. That's how you get rid of some of these these service interruptions. Um, Audio-video dropouts, the the echoes and things like that, once you start introducing multiple inputs and outputs into an environment, if you're not an engineer and you're chasing those, you can run into issues there. Uh, Bringing in remote guests, that's one thing that isn't really an issue, but I think it's something that's really powerful, actually. Like, even today, you know, we're all connected over, you know, 40 or 50 different places right now and being able to have this. Um, For me, live streaming and these video conferencing tools really allow us to blast our messaging out huge. The issue is, can you then bring people in? Zoom is a great platform for doing that. But then if you wanted to regurgitate this and show it to people later or other stuff like that, do you have those kind of um, systems in place to be able to really kind of capitalize on the content that you're creating, whether it's something like this? I know you all do a lot of panel discussions and stuff like that outside of um, just hosting worship through the DLM movement what happened over the last two months our company pivoted and we donated 50% of our services of our time to uh, uh racial justice panels this was incredible because we were able to I've been working in that field social justice for the last 10 years as a documentary filmmaker and I was here in Denver working with a lot of activists and I was able to tap in a bunch of New Yorkers into these conversations. I think that's one of the most exciting things I've seen happening is the ability for people to share information in these panel discussions post-COVID. You know, I I don't think people were as excited to sit on a Zoom and, and listen to people speak before COVID, but, you know, locking people up in their houses for six months will make them pretty excited for content. Um, and I now that we're here, I think people are way more willing to um, sit there and, 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 and ingest this content uh, these days. So um, what, what we build is kind of through some of these tools, making sure your internet's stable. It, it gives you an opportunity where each of your worship centers could potentially do more than just worshiping. You can also be hosting some of these panel discussions there you can have reliable internet in those worship spaces where people might not have at their houses where you can go and you can kind of do more streams on top of that with different messaging or different things that you are dealing with as a community inside of that moment. Um, Graphics, incorporating graphics into this stuff, music video cues, frankly, Jeff already did a great job. I mean, look, we were all in a Zoom. He started off with a countdown timer. You you guys are already there. You all are there. Sorry, excuse me. Um, In so many ways. Um, I think that as I'm sure you have all seen by creating content on your own, there's a lot to do and it's a big commitment. However, doing that commitment And taking it seriously and putting that into your streams having your show flows getting your graphics um so many of you are already doing it i've I've looked at a handful of the different pages that you all have with your youtube and stuff like that um one thing i talked to betty about was you know the centers that are really producing a lot of content how can we through virtual sessions have them kind of teaching people on video content here's what i think about when i when i edit my video how do we share those kind of tools with each other Um, virtual is kind of a way to do that Um, and so this is kind of how our system works and when we bring in and take on a project and i basically recommend you repeating something similar to this. So for a first time stream, it always takes a lot more work for us because we have to qualify the internet. We need to make sure all of the lines and everything are set. A lot of what our business is, is we are drop shipping cameras to people and then walking them through setting up those cameras themselves. And these are not technicians. These are regular people. And so we build a system here where we do that. So the first time we kind of come in, we have a 45 minute meeting. And that's really planning what the first stream is. Okay, we're gonna have um, these songs that we need to have the lyrics, we're gonna have this PowerPoint presentation with all of that kind of stuff. The first broadcast consultation meeting, we meet with the team together. And again, I recommend you all doing this and you build, get all of your assets together, get all of those things, videos that Jeff's created, etc. Then what you do is you set up a real rehearsal. Um, now, we this is a location scout. What we do is we come in virtually and we look at the space. We figure out, this is before we send equipment, we figure out where in the space the equipment's gonna go. That way we can kind of spec it. But you would wanna do a similar thing. You wanna go into your space, you wanna get measurements. Um, you've already done your internet, uh, check in that kind of first consultation, but you really want to prep the space, um, and really spend about an hour to two hours doing it, making sure your lighting's good, um, et cetera. Then you get all your equipment set up and you run it with all the assets that you have. And I would say the first time you do a stream, really test this out. If you can book, the more time that you can book, to test this stuff before a Sunday or before a mass you'll be able to see your fail points and and save yourself a lot of trouble during a mass if you can do that a couple times before you start going or let's say you have a mass and you have an issue I would pick a day that week to go in and run a whole thing test all the things and find out where the pain points are happening then I always bring my people in a half an hour to an hour before. I usually like to start streaming early with at least five to 10 minutes before the event even starts because that gives us five to 10 minutes to make sure those servers are stable, there's no other issues and that people are also have time to get on. Um, But that's kind of what we do. And then you go into the showtime and uh, really if you've done all of your technical rehearsals, it's really easy at this point. As somebody who's been in the live, live event and entertainment industry, I've been on tour, I love the stress, frankly, that's why I do it, um, but it's crazy. It, is, it can be very stressful when you have, when you've hit that go button and you see that red light and you know people are on and something's going wrong, it's a very stressful moment. So whatever you can do to prep in ahead of time Will allow you to feel more comfortable when you get stressed, um, and when those moments happen. So much of what um, you have to do in this industry is really not about setting all this stuff up the right the first time. It's how what do you do when everything starts to go wrong, and what kind of places what 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 things do you have in place to handle that as it comes. Um, And then really, once you've kind of dug in to do that first set of heavy technical rehearsals, you've checked your equipment, everything like that, um, once you've had a couple successful shows, it's pretty much rinse and repeat after that. And then every once in a while, you might incorporate a new piece of gear, or you might want to try something new, and then you would kind of go back to the drawing board by throwing in two or three technical rehearsals to do that. Um, But that's really kind of how it is. This is a really rudimentary setup um, for what a basic stream is, right? So you have your worship preacher or the area you're doing it, you have your camera. That goes into a capture card. I have recommended a couple different things. So the top two are two cameras I recommend, and I'll go through those in a second. The bottom two are your capture cards. So what the capture cards are doing is they're taking the analog video signal and turning it into data, which your computer then can go say, oh, hey, I see this camera, and then I'm going to put it into uh, whatever stream machine you're using. Now, many of you can go directly live to Facebook. Um, Some of you might be using OBS. Um, There's tons of options there, but really, if you have a camera, you have a capture card, and you have a computer, then you can do that. What I recommend on a very easy scale, if you have audio inside of your church and you have the ability to get those microphones back into your stream machine, the easiest way to do it would be take it in through your camera because then you won't have sync issues. If you take an audio source in independently, um, the audio and the video might come out of sync, but if you take it in through your camera, through your capture card, it'll save you a lot of trouble um but going into these cameras um and these capture cards so again the capture cards are uh depending on your computer and depending on what kind of your computer needs to be pretty powerful um at a bare minimum you want 16 megabytes i can put this in the chat I'll do it after I get out of this. So I'm, I'm going to go into these two cameras real quick. Um, the Blackmagic 4K, um, that's this camera. Now, it's about 1300 right now on Best Buy. Uh, what is really, really cool about this camera, and you would need a lens, I can recommend some other lenses for it. The coolest thing about this camera is that it can be controlled from your phone. So you're inside of your space and, um, you know, you probably have one or two volunteers tops to run all of this stuff. You want to get your camera in a situation that's kind of getting a good shot, which might not be mean that it's close to you. Um, this camera has a really cool app with it that allows you to do focus. your computer and then on your phone um do the zooming functions Um, it's also it's very compatible with many different streaming softwares um, and it's just an all-around good camera now you can scale it down and um anything that's 1080 stuff like that the only issue with doing some of those other cameras are i would look into what kind of remoting they have again i love this one because I can control it on my phone. There are many cameras out there that you can do phone controls, um, but that is something that I feel like in a situation with what you all are working in, having that remote functionality is a a major plus um, because it allows you, you know, you guys don't have a ton of resources, you don't have a lot of people. However, you can easily do things like change your camera angle or, oh my gosh it looks very purple today one of the lights went out boom you can do all of that on your phone um the other camera i like a lot is the sony they actually have one at half the price that's the ax100 um this is kind of a a a scale up version but the great thing about this camera is the connection to it when you're using hdmi which you can totally use uh, the only downside to it, it can't, the, the data can't travel that far on HDMI, so you have about 25 feet max that you can get on an HDMI cable. This camera does SDI, and SDI can run miles if you need it to. Um, so what you do is you choose e- either one of these two cameras, or any camera, and you're going to have your HDMI out or SDI out if, uh, that's what I would recommend because it locks and it's a little safer. Um that goes into these capture cards. So these capture cards on one end is HDMI, and on the other end can be USB or Thunderbolt or whatever will connect into the computer you're using. Um, they have, this is the second generation one, Magwell makes a SDI version as well as HDMI, and they also have a generation one. Um, all of these are very, Solid, this one is um, considerably cheaper, but anything in these two ranges, either Magwell or this Ultra Studio um, recorder, will give you access and become a capture card for your video streaming. Those two things are the main things you need to get streaming, really, aside from uh, a computer that will then get it up. Um, other than that, I kind of want to take a pause. I feel like I rambled a little bit more than I had planned. And I'd like to hear from you all about what specific issues you've been having and if there's anything that I can kind of hone in and pinpoint for you.
0: Thanks, Stephen. Um, I think one thing, there are a few people on the line that might have um, some the technical knowledge uh, that might be able to ask some questions about that. I think um, for uh, many of our churches uh, and the budget that we have and um, the lack of equipment, these may be that we can look at um, uh, uh, for an investment with maybe a group of churches possibly Um, what I as I listened, regardless of uh, what our budget is and what we're able to do is to always um, number one, I learned what hardlining is. And that's an easy thing because um, that's something that I need to do and can do and that's fairly inexpensive. And that will make things much easier, um, I think, for for higher quality and uh, kind of getting rid of those unexpected crashes. Um, Know know what you need. um, uh, Know what your capabilities are and prepare. Prep, prep, prep. And uh, don't wait to the last-minute like Um, I have done occasionally and uh, then uh, I think we all have done that and then my computer can't handle it and I don't you know know exactly what I'm doing so um, and then also uh, I know that our conference is working to come up with a team um, kind of our own geek squad to (laughs) um, uh, help churches and maybe give a more holistic um, approach to support um, small churches especially with these things. Yep. Okay, Uh, who else has? I have a
2: couple questions. So um, the biggest thing, I see the sound issue. Um, uh, Are you using a board in that scenario or are you just using the microphone on the laptop?
1: Just using the microphone on the laptop.
2: So can that
1: microphone. zoom through our sound system? Yes. And if so, how do we hook it up? Because the soundboard is at the back of the sanctuary and the laptop's on the stage.
2: So you would want to run some copper to get those audio lines back down, um, potentially, or have... You could have multiple laptops where if is the laptop on the stage because that's where a presentation is coming from or is that just the easiest scenario
1: no it's the easiest scenario and where we can get a wired connection from the basement upstairs to the worship stage
2: um and can't you get some so is there do you have a band situation because you you must be running lines from the stage up to the board do you still have some lines that are empty that you can turn around and get that audio sent back from the board down to that computer
1: yeah we do have some unused audio so there's
2: several there's several things so you could use an audio capture card kind of like the video ones i said um depending on the laptop that you're using some of them even have a microphone eighth inch in although that can get a little tricky and be a little um, you know, depending, it might not be the most stable connection. Uh, but that would be, that would be what you want to do. Um, again, if you have a, if you're using a camera as well, then you could take that camera might have mic inputs. The Sony one I showed and the black magic one, both can take XLR ends. So you can send your board feed back down directly into the camera. And when you're capturing, it would be capturing the audio from your board as well. what if you use the computer for powerpoint slides okay actually this is a major thing i i I should have covered do not use one computer for everything i spend five thousand dollars on one computer okay and i still don't use it for everything your once your powerpoint slides okay so I don't want to get too deep in the minutiae, but imagine every time you open up a program, there's graphics being generated for that program. Every time you do a video, like right now, this Zoom, your computer is working very hard to get 20 screens in front of your eyeballs in a pretty solid connection. So now when you add graphics onto a machine and you add Facebook and then, you have your emails coming in, and then you're gonna use PowerPoint or Presentation Pro, It's you're gonna have major fail points. Um, so what we do is I, I try to split my labor as much as possible. So when I'm running a stream, most of the time I'm using two to three computers. I have one that's kind of queuing video, I have one that's handling PowerPoint, and then I have one that's handling bringing all that stuff in adding other graphics to it and then getting up to the stream Um, and what i do is i kind of triage my computers so the more powerful ones will be handling the stream if i have computers just laying around so i have a perfect example for you my really big computer died in the middle of a stream last week meanwhile i had that stream running and i had two huge fundraisers coming up so i had to scramble and get more machines i ended up i had an old mac mini that is literally nine years old um a macbook air that's six years old and because my big daddy computer died i had to get all of these going and guess what they did a great job i actually learned a lesson because normally i tell people to max out their hardware for everything i learned that This 11-year-old Mac ran an entire Zoom session that was connecting people all over the world. Um, So that's kind of a lesson. Even if you have some more subpar computers, you might be able to utilize them to take some of the labor off of your main machine and try to do that as much as you can in whatever scenario. Um, any more questions?
0: Yeah. Other questions.
2: Did I get all the ones that I didn't miss any in the chat? If I did speak up, uh, minimal investment. So it depends, um, you know, you want a solid camera, you want that capture card. You want at least two machines on kind of a basic level. Now, we can feel free to reach out to me. We have a lot of different services that we offer. We do rent stuff where we kind of we come up with a monthly package. We figure out everything that's going on, and then we handle the equipment for you. So if something dies, we'll ship you a brand new one and that kind of stuff. There's different ways to do it. Um, I will tell you that. The technology is still emerging massively. I've been in the stream game for ten years, and the amount of money I invested back then to now, a lot of it's useless. Um, and there's there's constant turnover, so you have to really keep your eye on it. Now there are some stalwarts. There are also there are some you know staple pieces. But to be honest, I feel like every at least every year almost more like every six months, there's new stuff out. So it's a little hard. It is a good idea to invest in it, but it's a little hard if you don't really know what you're doing, because it, you might get a piece and that it be defunct later or stuff like that. Um, so yeah.
0: So um, Stephen, this may be a, um, don't laugh out loud when I ask this question. <laughs> Um, for for me, as I was just trying to, because I have no background in this, and uh, when all of this first started happening, and trying to kind of piece together minimal kind of equipment, um, I I know some of our churches use um, products like Nevo um, and things like that. What do you think about that?
2: Some of them are great. Some of them aren't. Again, my general, so I use many different tools and I kind of, you know, I use OBS. I use Livestream Studio and Vimeo. I use uh, Wirecast. I use Presentation Pro. Um, I, as somebody who use this, anytime somebody's selling me an all-in-one package I get worried because I really believe that everybody out there is trying to sell, hey, we can do it all on one platform. And just like with using one computer, I have found the more you rely on one system for everything, the, the, the harder you push it and the, the, the more it can fail. Um, I have used things with Mevo. Mevo does NDI cameras. Um, There's there's a handful of things. I have used Meebos as their cameras, but not necessarily their system. Um, There's a lot of them out there. And and what I would say, find a system that works for you. Be wary that they're selling you on, that they are the answer to everything. Um, And really find a system that works for you. And just keep in mind really the splitting the labor and that kind of stuff. And you should be good with any of those systems. You know, you need to find something that you are comfortable with. So if Mevo is working, keep using it, but just be wary when something starts to get a little funky with it, it could be, oh, maybe I shouldn't be screen sharing on Mevo with four IP cameras, etc. Let that kind of labor distribution kick in your head and say, okay, Before I say something's totally up with me though, maybe I'm pushing it too hard. So what can I do to get around that?
0: Great. Um, Any other questions? And I think what I heard you say in that was, it kind of goes to that, like you learned, uh, it's always good to have the backup plan and not try to do everything on one platform and, Uh, even uh, hang on to those old computers because you never know when one might come in handy. Um, And also the thing that I've heard a lot, uh, Stephen, is that regardless of what you use, whether it's your cell phone or um, a Mac or uh, a Mevo, or if you have a full soundboard and sound system, like many of the church, Churches do. We're just, uh, we have over 370 churches in our conference. And so we're all over that uh, Mm -hmm. range of capability and um, uh, investment. But uh, for me, it's don't overshoot your own ability, you know, know what you're, know what you can do and work on that and do it as well as you can totally. uh, rather than trying to get out over your you know um out over your skis as they say
2: well yeah and set yourself up with little goals that are attainable because as we all know tech is hard technology can drive you crazy um but it's not impossible so if you can be practical with yourself about what your goals are and kind of start out slow, invest a good amount of time in prepping. Once you get a couple of those wins, you'll start feeling more confident to dig deeper, but don't get discouraged because it's discouraging. Technology, we've all wanted to throw our computers out the window at some point or another, and I literally only do technology and uh, I keep them chained. No, I'm kidding. but try to try to be easy on yourself. Try to set small goals. Try to have support and and people that you can call when you get in a jam. Um, and really, the biggest thing I find, you know, I'm on a lot of tech calls where I'm kind of like, okay, and 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 it's when something goes wrong that I get the call. Uh, and I always start off by forcing people to take three deep breaths. You know what I mean? So. Um. again, when you get through all that stuff, not on Sunday when you're live and you have the pressure, play with it offline when you have time for it to be slow for it to break for you to kind of get through it. Um, and you should be fine because honestly, I mean, I've looked at a lot of material. There's a lot of really great stuff coming out of your organization in streaming. There's I feel like there's a lot of people who could share knowledge and info with other churches that might not have some of the knowledge that others have Um, and uh to me it's exciting at the end of the day because we can we can connect our communities in a way that we people weren't doing i've been streaming and trying to evangelize streaming for a very long time because i thought it was a powerful tool to keep people together and nobody really cared until COVID hit. And then now everybody does. Um, so I think it's a very exciting opportunity we have. I see a lot of people coming into this industry right now who have zero experience and they're doing it. So it can be done, it is tricky. Be easy on yourselves and um, be smart about your investment on it, really time-wise, not just money-wise.
1: Janet and Steven, one of the things that um, I'm faced with and uh, very um, a congregation i don't have volunteers i don't have anybody um to it's just me <laughs> it's and i have employed doing some things ahead of time um i have former students of mine actually singing and leading the hymns on video and i use that into my powerpoint um, and so that's why in many cases uh i can understand using like two computers but I don't know so, how I can be a tech person and deliver the message <laughs> in fact you know and some of what I've I've done um is even entertained going ahead and videoing the 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 sermon so that I can be completely engaged in the sermon at the time I need to be without something else happening and so that's I, not I an
2: awful to- idea number <laughs> 1 you know um but so I didn't really talk about our services but what we do is we do remote and so that came from i used to have my own live stream music show i'd bring a band down here we would play three tunes and talk in between and i'm a tech jedi when i went to go tech my own show i would screw it up because i'd be hosting and i'm trying to tech and i'm trying to do this and so i started to build out remote tools so i could send it to my techie buddies who were sitting at home in their boxers they could mix my show for me i could do my stuff and we were good to go And that's kind of what my company is Livestream Remote, so we have built this out so that we can drop these pieces of equipment, we can drop computers, and I can control it from my home studio. We have many different technicians who can remote into that stuff and operate it all not on site. but, and, and, and we have done that and I've, I've built out several churches in New York City and stuff like that. And we have worked with um, helping to build teams, helping to build volunteer tech mission missions and stuff like that. Um, and, and also potentially getting them and, and volunteers to be able to remote too. There's definitely quite a lot of training that gets into really being able to do that on that scale, but uh, we have done it and we have several churches that are able to do this after working with us for a year now.
0: That's awesome. As we're wrapping up, do we have any other questions? Um, Would everybody
2: like me to put my content email or Don, do you wanna, I'll put it here as well.
0: And you're also on uh, Facebook and YouTube and all the LinkedIn and all those platforms. I
2: am all over those. Yeah, uh, all over on the- Facebook, I'm Stephen Ajonde Tucker. It was a silly bet I lost in Brazil. <laughs> I kept on saying where, like, where are we going wrong? It's Aonji, <laughs> and I said Day, and it's now my Facebook name. Um, <laughs>
0: All right, thank you so much, Stephen. This, um, I think for me, it shows the potential of what is there and uh, for larger churches, maybe next steps and for smaller churches, what is possible. So thank you again so very much. Thanks to all of you who are here today. And again, Dawn will be sending out a um, follow-up email with all the resources and information so that you can uh, soak it in uh, later on. Thank you, Stephen.
2: Thank you, everybody. Uh, Really appreciate you taking the time.
0: Have a good afternoon. You What are vital conversations?
1: Vital definition one.
0: Of the utmost
1: importance. Contemporary, meaningful, valuable concerned with, or necessary to, the maintenance of life, health, resiliency, wholeness, life. What are vital conversations, important talks between two or more people about contemporary issues that lead to, or
0: are a challenge to,
1: the health, the vitality, life, of our churches, our communities, our people, our world. Welcome to Vital Conversations.